Get Cody's trade alerts and all of his latest positions on the Trading with Cody app for iPhone and Android and on tradingwithcody.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cody Underground, the podcast. I am Cody Willard. It is January 19th, 2016. And today we're going to talk about markets and how they cycle and how we need to recognize the cycles in a market. We should never be perma-bullish or perma-bearish or permanently anything. We need to be flexible and free-thinking because that's just it. Markets do cycle. Actually, listen to this to start off with. This is a clip. Uh, from my old Fox Business TV show, Happy Hour, in which I talk about the bulls and the bears. I used to poke fun all the time at the perma bears for not being able to recognize the boom times for what they were, say, from 2003 to 2007. Oil, real estate, the dollar, unemployment, inflation, and geopolitics were always their reasons for promising pending Armageddon. You hear me talking about perma bears there and talking about why they had all these reasons to be bearish, but when they finally, when those very reasons, the very catalysts that they were looking for, finally did hit the economy and the stock markets, most perma bears had turned bullish. They missed those cycles so often, and they capitulate. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you don't want to be dogmatic and why you want to be flexible in your analysis and when you're looking at cycles, because you'll end up you know, giving up at uh, bears puke at the bottom and bulls puke at the t- uh, at the bears finally panic when stocks are going sh- go- to go up and are up and bears always bulls always panic when markets have crashed. So, look, we're right now far from crashed. Stocks have been down tremendously so far this year, but we're not anywhere near a market that that has crashed. And so. You could rewrite that sort of that commentary you heard me say from back in 2008 here in 2016 and I would say, look, I used to poke fun all the time at the perma bears for not being able to recognize the boom times for what they were, say from 2010 to 2015. In the video I talked about it being from 2003 to 2007, now I'm talking about it from being from 2010 to 2015 because again, the market cycled. They were in a big upswing the economy and the stock market from 2003 to 2007. They were in a big upswing from 2010 to 2015. Here we are today, peak oil, uh, from 2010 to 2015, peak oil, unemployment, valuations, currency wars in China were always the bear's big reasons for pending Armageddon. Here we are in 2016, peak oil has been proven to be silly. Deflation is very real, frankly. Currency wars are very real and escalating. And China's obviously a concern. Uh, Finally, uh, the bears were wrong for the last five years that China was about to crack. But here we are in 2016, and there are some signs of China cracking. I still think there will be millions of formerly very poor Chinese people who become middle class and will be buying smartphones and apps and um, other goods. Um, every year for, for the next five or 10 years. Um, but that doesn't mean that China's economy is going to go straight up or that commodities will rebound immediately or something. Let's hit on each of the points that I talked about there. Peak oil, unemployment, valuations, currency wars in China. First, peak oil, commodity and 
and unemployment. Look, peak oil is the theory that the world was about to run out of energy sources and that higher energy prices were destiny. But peak oil doesn't have very many advocates these days. While lower energy and commodity prices are good for consumers and tech companies and for shippers and for airplanes, airlines, so many other industries that use lots of energy and commodities, well, the collapse of commodities and energy is going to have an impact on unemployment, and we shouldn't just ignore that. Employment numbers have continued to strengthen in the last year, but the collapse of energy and commodity sectors and the hundreds of billions of dollars in debt that has to be restructured in coming quarters will probably bring escalating unemployment numbers with it. Just so many losses in jobs are about to happen in the energy and commodity sectors, I'm sorry to say. Main Street and consumer-oriented businesses will continue to hire more this year, but maybe not quite enough to offset some of the pain in energy and commodity employment numbers. You can go back and look at the telecom crash from uh, that happened in the year 2000 to 2003 or so, and all of the hundreds of billions of dollars of debt that had to be restructured in that industry, and the huge unemployment hundreds of thousands of people losing their jobs every quarter for several quarters in a row in telecom back in 2001. And, um, you know, there are some parallels between telecom and the energy sector here today. Uh, the telecom sector from 2000 to 2003 and the bubble pop that it had to deal with, including high unemployment numbers and its impact on the broader economy, and the energy and commodity sector and how it's bubbled up and crashing today, uh, crashing from its recent bubble. Something that is very real right now is peak smartphone growth. Um, it's probably one of the major reasons for being cautious right now also. We've ridden the app revolution. Anybody who's been reading me for these years, um, the last five years, or following me on my podcasts or on Scudify or Market Watch, USA Today, all the places you can find me, they know that we've ridden this app revolution and what I predicted would be a huge app bubble, app stop market bubble. Um, and we've written it very well in our portfolio, owning some of the best plays on it, including Facebook, Apple, SanDisk, Google, Amazon, and several others that have doubled or tripled or more in the last five years. Back in 2010, I used to write articles that explained how huge the growth for smartphones and tablets uh, would be, and the apps themselves that ride on smartphones and tablets, and how huge the growth there would be, such as in a, ten, in a 2010 column called, quote, that you can find on MarketWatch, that's called, quote, how to invest today for the app bubble arriving tomorrow. And we were looking at 70% growth per year back in 2010 to 2011, 50% in 2012, 30-40% in 2013— and for 2016, smartphone growth is probably going to be about 5 to 10%, or just a few percentage points faster than the broader U.S. economy. That's not huge growth. We rode the huge growth. Smartphones, the smartphone growth for sure has peaked. Smartphones haven't quite peaked yet. We'll still see 5 or 10% growth as, again, millions of Chinese consumers come into uh, the smartphone and app revolution. That's um, millions of them do, but... It's not going to be the hundreds of millions growing into billions of users that we saw 
from 2010 to 2015. So we need to just pull our horns in a bit on the app revolution. I do think the next phase of the app revolution, including wearables, uh, robotics, um, I think there's going to be another phase of app revolution that will entail a lot more growth. But it's not clear. It's not nearly as clear growth market as the smartphone and app revolution was from 2010 to 2015. And we just need to recognize that. So let's just step back for a moment and realize what it, what happened to PC and internet, what happened to the stock markets when PC and internet growth stalled out in the year 2000 and the market had to process hundreds of billions of dollars in debt like it has to right now with the commodity sector. And what happened when the real estate and financial crisis hit in 2008 after that boom time in 2000, from 2003 to 2007? The answer is that stock markets crashed anywhere from 50 to 70 percent. The NASDAQ was down 75% from 2000 to 2002. So look, you've got to be free thinking, including making sure that you never lock yourself into being either a perma bull or a perma bear. I'm not outright bearish. I'm not telling you to panic. I'm not saying the markets are back to, about to crash. I'm not outright bearish like I was in July 2008 from that video clip I played there, the, the audio for earlier, where I talked about where the perma bears just missed the topping of the market, even though all their catalysts had finally evolved to finally impact the markets and the economy. But I'm far from being outright bullish either. I'm not outright bullish right now. I am still mostly net long, but I've added shorts. My portfolio positioning reflects my less than bullish attitude and analysis. My, I've already halved the number of longs in the portfolio. Cut them in half. I've trimmed all of my remaining longs. So I've reduced the number of positions. I've reduced the size of my positions. And I've added new short positions over the last year. But I still remain net long. Just not nearly as much as I was in 2010 to 2012. And over the last two to three years, I've continually reduced my net long exposure. The other topics we got to hit on here, valuations. Look, the valuations, the problem, other problem with stocks in general right now is what I've mentioned a few times over the, in the podcast over the last year and in my articles often. Valuation levels in 2015 and now in 2016 throughout the stock market and in individual names are still far from being the kind of screaming buys that I found in 2010 to 2012. When I was being so aggressively long, as I'd repeatedly noted back in those days, and those of you who've been following me for years, no. And currency wars are really probably the single biggest issue, the single biggest potential black swan for this market in this current setup. And the currency wars impact because of the ongoing strong dollar and the correlating crash in the commodity-based economies of the world and their respective currencies. It's not just the trillion or so dollars that U.S.-based energy and commodity companies have on their balance sheets, but from Australia to Russia, the energy and commodity-based economies of this world are seizing up and seeing their currencies continue to fall or even crash, dislocating from the U.S. dollar. Dislocations in stock markets and currency markets and bond markets are always a sign of pressure and are typically bearish. 
So again, to be sure, I'm not predicting a, a, a an outright market crash right now. I'm simply looking back at the last couple of cycles in the economy and the stock markets along with the current setup and analyzing it here for us right now. Drawn some parallels, looking at it. Anyway, as I said, I've already cut the number of longs in my portfolio in half. I've trimmed my other longs, and I've had no short positions. I sold a couple more long positions today for my portfolio. That's it for today. That's Cody Underground, the podcast. Find me on tradingwithcody.com, where you can find all of my positions, all of my trades. Find me on Scudify, where I post commentary um, and articles, and you can actually buy some of my uh, posts, um, like even my latest positions, one off there on Scudify, um, ad hoc. And um, find me on USA Today, Market Watch, Wall Street Journal, uh, so on and so forth, thestreet.com, realmoney.com. Peace, love, and happiness, everybody. Stay optimistic. Stay flexible. Myself, I'ma take from the poor and give to the rich and double high deep. I dig every ditch and then be good in the game like Joplin until I'm violated or quit. Well, I'll be living it up and keep on living while you giving it up. And about the way he living Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision Sign a deal with the feds, go to music prison Who will believe you a prophet When you enjoy the music, sells advertisements and profits Well, who knew, boo, ho, we get a clue Yo, do I blew your mind from Q, you to Soho Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo Muddy souls, get around like hobos Yeah, we be tearing it up And you gon' get it, how you giving it up See, I thought I was rich till I got rich and found out how rich rich can get. <laughs>